0: Chapter 5. Elitism. Elitism is an ideology of the bourgeoisie. It arose during the second half of the 19th century, largely as a result of the work of two Italian sociologists, Vilfredo Pareto, 1848-1923, and Gaetano Mosca, 1858-1941. They wrote at a time when the middle class which had recently gained political power from the aristocracy, felt in its turn threatened from below by a rapidly growing working class imbued with Marxist ideology. Pareto and Mosca aimed to refute Marx and to deny the possibility of socialist revolution, leading to a classless society. Unlike Marx, they maintained that political skill determined who ruled, and that society would always be governed by some kind of elite, or a combination of elites. In essence, elitists assert that in practice, the minority always exercises effective power, and that the dominant minority can never be controlled by the majority, no matter what so-called democratic institutions are employed. The cohesiveness of elites constitute their main strength. They are small in relation to a nation as a whole, but they are strong out of proportion to their size. Elitism is an ideology tailor-made to fit capitalism and bourgeois de facto domination in the capitalist society. Furthermore, it intensifies racism, since it can be used to subscribe to the myth of racial superiority and inferiority. In recent times, there has been a great revival of interest in the study of elites, and many new elitist theories have been disseminated. It is significant that this development coincides historically with the tremendous upsurge of socialist revolutionary activity in the world. Bourgeois theorists seeking to justify the continuance of capitalism have found it necessary to fall back on elitism. They cannot, by any rational argument, justify the harsh irrationality of capitalism. So, they try to show that there will always be a ruling elite, and that government is always in the hands of those most fitted to govern. In maintaining this, they evade the reality of the economic class structure and class struggle in capitalist society. Among the basic tenets of elitism is the theory that power breeds power, and that apathy, submissiveness, and deference are qualities of the masses in politics. Democracy has been defined as competition between oligarchies. It has become fashionable to talk of top decision-makers and to discuss which group or groups really wield power in a state. Is there a concentration or a diffusion of power? How are political decisions made? Are they made by a ruling elite? Do the masses exercise any measure of indirect power? Or are decisions made by diverse elite groupings? It is true that governments do not govern, but merely control the machinery of government, being themselves controlled. Is it true that governments do not govern, but merely control the machinery of government? being themselves controlled by the hidden hand? Pluralists assert that power is not held by a single elite, but by a mixture of many. Power is regarded as cumulative, wealth, social status, and political power being interwoven. Connected with this view is the idea of elite consensus, that is, the involvement in policy formation of only the most important elite groupings. It was one of the declared aims of the early elitists to demolish the myths of democracy. They set out to show that in so-called democracies, the people, or a majority of the people, do not in fact rule, but that government is carried out by a narrow elite. They went even further and asserted that participation in government was not a necessary feature of democracy, and not in itself an important ideal. There can be no class within a class, but there are elites within a class. Elites arise from the development and formation of a class. In Europe, the broad class pattern is as follows. Traditional aristocracy, based on land and titles. Middle class, based on money and divided into upper, middle, and lower. And working class based on agriculture and industry, and divided into upper and lower. Among the middle class, the new aristocracy, are plutocrats, managers, intellectuals, bureaucrats, technocrats, and so on, each of which may be said to constitute an elite. With the rapid development of technology and increasing specialization, the strata of technocrats An elite within the middle class is becoming increasingly influential in decision-making. Some elites assert that a meritocracy, government by the expert, is now a reality. European-style elites may be discerned among the African bourgeoisie. Under colonialism, the African elites were chiefs in the colonial legislative councils and in the colonial administrative services, lawyers and doctors, judges and magistrates, top civil servants, senior army, and police officers. After independence, the old elites maintained virtually intact and acquired greater strength. The position of members of parliament and national assemblies, cabinet ministers, top civil servants, senior army, and police officers, and so on were enhanced. They were no longer subordinate to colonial authority members of the professions, for example, teachers, lawyers, and doctors, benefited by the Africanization policies of the newly independent government. It was in the post-independence period that there emerged what may be termed the party nouveau riches, an elite which developed from among the ranks of the party who successfully won political freedom from the colonial power. After independence, Conflict develops within the party between right and left-wing elements. The rightists become the party nouveau-riches. They proceed to make their fortunes once independence has been achieved, and the party has become the governing party. They exploit their new positions of power and indulge in nepotism and corruption, thereby discrediting the party and helping to pave the way for reactionary coup d'etat. Similarly, After independence, and with the implementation of economic development plans, and the encouragement in some cases of indigenous enterprise, indigenous business enterprise, local budding capitalists to some extent acquired new opportunities to extend their interests. But in general, African capitalists are still the junior partners of imperialism. They receive the crumbs of investment profits, commercial agencies, commissions, and directorships of foreign-owned films, In these, and in many other ways, they are drawn into the web of neocolonialism. As a result of colonialism and neocolonialism, there has been comparatively little development of an African business elite. In addition... The fact that many newly independent governments tend to concentrate on the public rather than on the private sector of the economy has led to the relatively small size of the African capitalist class. The African businessman is, in general, not so much interested in developing industry as in seeking to enrich himself by speculation, black marketeering, corruption, and the receipt of commissions from contracts and by various financial manipulations connected with the receipt of so-called aid. The African capitalist thus becomes the class ally of the bourgeoisie of the capitalist world. He is a pawn in the immense network of international monopoly finance capital. In this way, he is closely connected with, for example, the giant corporations of monopoly capitalism. It has been asserted that in the USA, the poles, that is, the financial politicians, exercise decisive power and are responsible for major decision-making. This is done through finpolities, huge corporations such as the Ford Motor Company, DuPont, and General Motors, to mention only a few. In 1953, there were more than 27,000 millionaires in the USA, and the concentration of wealth in a few hands is intensifying. It is estimated that 1.6% of the population owns at least 32% of all assets, and nearly all investment assets, and 50% of the population owns practically nothing. It cannot be said that power in the USA is in the hands of the most qualified, since most of the wealth is inherited, and its possession, therefore, does not necessarily denote merit. Yet, it has been held by some elitists that development of industrial societies can be shown as a movement from a class system to a system of elites based on merit and achievement. Such a theory falls to the ground in the light of clear evidence of the sharpening of class struggle throughout the capitalist world. Among elitists, opinions differ as to how far elites can be said to be cohesive, conscious, and conspirational, and conspiratorial. Obviously, it is impossible to measure precisely the influence and decision-making power and the degree of cohesiveness of any particular elite or group of elites. Among the political elite in the developing countries are nationalist leaders, bureaucrats, and intelligentsia. Of the members of the Ghana House of Assembly after the 1954 election, 29% were school teachers, and 17% were members of the liberal professions. Among the legislative assembly members of the eight territories of the former French West Africa after the 1957 elections, 22% were teachers, 27% were government officials, and 20% were members of the professions. The middle class in developing countries was in the main created by the educational and administrative systems introduced under colonialism. The predominance of the intelligentsia in the middle class is due in the main to the deliberate policy of the colonial power in fostering the growth of an intelligentsia geared to Western ideologies, which it needed for the successful functioning of the colonial administration. At the same time, the colonial power curbed opportunities for the formation of an indigenous business class. Elite associations, such as bar associations, medical societies, odd fellows, Freemasonry, rotary clubs, etc., emerge with the development of elites. These associations assist class formation by institutionalizing social differences. The existence of class feeling is shown in the desire to join associations and clubs which are thought to enhance social status. Elitism is basic to the thinking of those who accept class stratification. It is an ingredient of capitalism and is further intensified by racism, which in its turn is a result of the growth of capitalism and imperialism. The inherent elitism of the ruling class makes them contemptuous to the masses. Elitism is an enemy of socialism and of the working class.